Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. Okay, there we go. Okay. So, two of the things that we mentioned in the Mishnah that the Baishon can't learn and the Kaptan can't be a teacher. So, I want to just spend a moment identifying who is a Baishon, who is a Kaptan. A Baishon is a person who is very self conscious, a person who is worried that if they're going to ask a question, people are going to think something about them. And they don't have that image of themselves. They don't have a good image of themselves, and therefore they're afraid that whatever image other people have of them is going to be a negative image. The kapdon, the angry person, the person who's a short-tempered person, um, the, the Mishnah translates it as an impatient person, but the reason that a person is impatient is because he has a certain vision of himself and, and he feels that you're, you're taking away from that, that your questions are, are taking away from who he is. Your questions are challenging who he is, what he stands for, as opposed to looking at you and seeing that you have a difficulty or you have something, something that's bothering you. He takes it very personally and he sees it on himself. The captain is a person who is not far away from gaiva, not far away from haughtiness, and from an overinflated sense of self. What I want to speak about this morning is that in truth, there is no difference between a kapton and a person who is a baishon. That there is, no, there is no difference between somebody who is a hori person and somebody who is a, um, a person with very low self-esteem. They're actually the same. I want to show this in a, in a very, very dramatic and beautiful way. I do want to leave time for questions, so I'm going to do this faster than I normally would. But... There's a famous story in the Gemara. The story in the Gemara is the story of Kamsen by Kamsa. Everybody knows the story of Kamsen by Kamsa. That towards the end of the time of Yerushalayim, there was a very rich man who made a party. And he, um, he invited his um, friend. He had a friend that was named Kamsa. He had an enemy that was named Bar Kamsa. He invited his friend Kamsa to the party. And instead of inviting his friend, his servant went and brought Bar Kamsa to the party, the person who was his enemy. He walks into the party, he sees his enemy Bar Kamsa there, and he says, get out. So the fellow says, look, do me a favor, let me at least pay for my food. And he says, no, get out. He says, look, don't embarrass me in front of the entire Jerusalem. Every rabbi that was anybody was there at that party. He says, do me a favor, every person that's here in Yushalayim, don't throw me out of the party. So he says, no, get out of here. So I'll pay for the half party. He says, no. He says, I'll pay for the entire party. And the fellow says, no, and he throws him out of the party. This Bakamsa now becomes so upset that he decides that he is going to get this fellow and all the people of Yushalayim, he's going to get them back. And he goes to the Romans and he says to them, the Jews are rebelling against you. The Romans say they couldn't be rebelling against us. We get along beautifully with the Jews. So he said, I'll prove it to you. Send a sacrifice to the temple, and the Jews are not going to sacrifice your sacrifice. And that's because they're rebelling against you. So they send the sacrifice. In halacha, you are allowed to send a sacrifice. You're allowed to sacrifice a non-Jew sacrifice. There's no issues. 
what he did was, as he was carrying the sacrifice to the temple, is he put a little nick in the lip of the sacrifice, which is called a mum, a blemish, which makes it unsacrificable on the temple. They bring it up to the base of Mikdash. There is a sage who is in charge of the rabbis on the top of the temple in the, in the chamber of hewn stone. And his name is Shimon, um, Shimon of Kulis. And he, is, um, he, was a, he was a wonderful person, but he had a dilemma. And he couldn't decide whether he was going to um, sacrifice or not sacrifice the sacrifice because he was worried that if he sacrificed the sacrifice with a blemish, then all Jews are going to say, it doesn't matter whether you have a blemish or not, you can bring it up to the temple. If he wouldn't sacrifice the sacrifice, then he's going to say that they're going to look at us in a negative way and we're going to have problems. And they sat and deliberated back and forth. They thought for a moment that they would go and take Bar Kamsa to the back of the temple and they would kill him. And this way, you know, just make his body disappear. And oh, I don't know what happened to Bar Kamsa and, and get away around the problem that way. But they couldn't make up their mind. And because they couldn't make up their mind, they ended up not sacrificing the sacrifice. The Romans interpreted that as a rebellion and they went and destroyed Jerusalem. The Talmud says that Jerusalem was destroyed because of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. The Talmud then says that Jerusalem was destroyed because of this Rabbi Shmuel ben Avkulis. He caused the destruction of the temple. So question number one is, who caused the destruction of the temple? Was it Kamsin by Kamsin that caused the destruction of the temple? Or was it this Rabbi Yishmael ben Avkulis that caused the destruction of the temple? My second problem with this story is, is that every year on Tishbov we tell the story of Kamsin by Kamsa. Poor Kamsa. Kamsa was never at the party. He never got an invitation. He wasn't at the party. What did he have to do with the destruction of Jerusalem? The guy who threw the party and took Bar Kamsa and threw him out of the party, that guy's off scot-free. Really, the Talmud should say that, the, 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 that Jerusalem got destroyed because of the fellow that threw the party and Bar Kamsa. They were the, the, the antagonists to each other. They were the ones who caused the destruction of Jerusalem. Why are we blaming Kamsa for, for having destroyed the temple? There are, there are many, why didn't the rabbi say anything? Why did the guy throw him out? There are many, many questions. I want to just focus on one, one incredible thing. Kamsa might not have been the man's name. It could have been Harry and Bob. But the Talmud calls him Kamsa, and he calls the other guy Bar Kamsa. Bar means outside of. Kamsa is a Kamsa, a person with a tight fist, a person who is... A, a pathological miser. Bar Kamsa, somebody who was outside of that. The man who threw the party, who was his best friend? The Kamsa. We say birds of a feather flock together. Clearly that he wouldn't take money from the fellow and he threw him out of the party. He wouldn't take half the party. He wouldn't take the money for the whole party. He was also a Kamsa. What is a Kamsa? In, in psychological terms, in pathological terms, a kamsan, a person who have, he can't fagin himself to spend some money on himself, has no sense of himself. And therefore, he looks at himself as unworthy to take his money and to use his money on himself. He is unworthy for that pleasure. He's unworthy to do that to himself and to take care of himself on that level. <clears throat> a kamsa, a person who is a, um, a, a pathological, miserly person, is a person with a low sense of self. The reason why the rabbis didn't say a word to this fellow who, whose party it was, who had low, a sense of low self-esteem, is because they knew that to give tochacha to a person, to rebuke a person, you have to love that person. 
this person didn't love himself, he could not fathom that anybody would love him. And therefore, they never would have accepted the tohacha, the rebuke of the rabbis, because the, this fellow was not in a position to be able to listen to the rebuke of the rabbis, because he didn't trust that it was coming from a place that they were interested in his growth and interested in what was best for him. He didn't believe in himself, and therefore he didn't believe that anybody else believed in him. Bar Kamsa was outside of this. Bar Kamsa had a very healthy vision of himself when he walked into the party. But when he saw every single person in Jerusalem laughing at him, he saw every single person in Jerusalem sitting quietly when he got thrown out of the party, his self-image was destroyed. And therefore, he went to the Romans and said, the Jews are rebelling against you without thinking. Buddy, do you understand? This means that your mom is going down and your sister's going down and your aunt and your uncle are going down. Anybody who you love that lives in Jerusalem is also going to be destroyed. But when you have no sense of self, you have no sense of anyone else around you. When you feel that you have little esteem, you have little worth and value, everybody else around you also has little worth and value. We can see this, by the way. It's not something I'm inventing. It's not, again, it's not a good vart. When you look inside of the Gemara, the Gemara says the conversation between this fellow who threw the party and Bar Kamsa went as follows. The fellow saw Barkamsa there, and the Talmud says the following words. The fellow said, Nechti, let's see. Now, who gavra, baldovavada, who gavra? I'm quoting the Gemara in Gittin. That man is an enemy of that man. He was speaking in third person about himself. What the Talmud was telling us is, is that I don't know what this conversation is. I wasn't there. I don't care what the conversation was. I can tell you, though, what the conversation, the kind of conversation it was. This fellow was talking about himself in third, par- third party, in third person. He was disconnected from himself. The Talmud wants us to understand that this person had no sense of self. Then the Talmud tells us that up on the top of the temple, Mishmal ben of Kulis can't decide. He has no idea, should I offer this, should I not offer this? Buddy, you're the leader of Jerusalem. You don't have the rights to be, unequi- to, to be equivocal. You can't sit there and say, I don't know this, I don't know, should I do this, should I not do this? You're a leader. A leader must be decisive. A leader must believe in himself and believe in his cause and believe in what he's doing. But if you don't believe in yourself, you cannot be a leader. And that was what Rabbi Shmuel ben Avkulis was stuck with. He suffered from an inability to feel a sense of self. Because if he had a good image of himself, he would have said, this gentleman is what we need to do. He would have put his foot down and he would have said, in this situation, this is what is required. But he couldn't make that decision because he had no sense of self. When the Talmud tells me that Shimon ben Avkulis, Yishmael ben Avkulis caused the destruction of the temple, and when the Talmud tells me that Kamsin bar Kamsa caused the destruction of the temple, what the Talmud is telling me is, is that a lack of self-esteem brought down the temple. A lack of a vision of self, a lack of a feeling of self-worth and value, that's what destroyed the temple. That's what causes sinaschinam. I can't get along with you because I can't get along with me because I feel that you're my competition. You're taking away part of my world. If you succeed, I'm losing because I don't have a comfortable, good picture of myself. As we described yesterday, that's exactly what the mission is telling me. Lo A person who doesn't have a sense of self is not going to be able to learn because he's not going to be able to put himself out there. He's not going to be able to break beyond his boundaries, to put himself out there, to be able to little himself, to belittle himself, to be able to learn that knowledge, to be able to understand those ideas. Loha Kapton, a person who is so is an angry person, a makbid person, a person who's got a, an overinflated sense of self. What is an overinflated self and sense of self? Lack of sense of self. 
you know, a person can come across as being a very, very self-assured person, walks into the room and it's, you know, you're so vain, you think this song is about you, right? Walks into the room and says, ah, this whole thing is about me. And that is an overinflated sense of self, which means that he has no sense of self, ultimately has no sense of self-esteem. And it's suffering from the same problem. A person who's Marbebeschaira doesn't understand the way the world works. He doesn't understand he has no sensitivity to the way the world works. All he knows is that you take this pile and you sell it to that person. You take that pile and you buy it from that person. You buy, you sell. There's no creativity. There's no understanding. There's no depth to understanding. He's again living his life on the surface and doesn't see himself in the center of life. That's what Schaira is. Schaira is just moving things around. It's just it's just operating. It's not it's not creating. Creating. It's not making anything. It's not really doing anything with yourself. It's not really understanding you and who you are. All you're doing is just moving stuff around. That's what it means by schaira. It's not putting down any kind of business. It's talking about a type of person that does business this way, very superficial existence in the world because he's not connected to the world, because he's not connected to himself. And finally, the Mishnah tells us, where there aren't people, you need to feel like a person. Even though you're humble, even though you feel small, but you need to look around and you need to say, you know what? I'm an epis. I have something to give. I have something to be able to accomplish and push yourself beyond your limitations and accomplish something. Get a grip of who you are. And I feel that that's what this mission is teaching us. This mission is teaching us that you need to know and be aware of who you are. If you're going to make decisions in your life, if you're going to accomplish anything in your life, if you're going to move anything in your life, you have to be aware of yourself and you have to know who you are. You have to know your strengths. You have to know what you are. You know, very often we're worried, and we'll talk about this in other Mishnayas, but we're very worried about talking about our strengths because we feel that it's not humble. That's not a lack of humility. A lack of humility is when I say that I am, I have this strength and therefore I'm better than others. That's a lack of humility. But to recognize what your strength is, that's just understanding who you are, having a good sense of self. I know who I am and I know that I live inside of a very, very big world. And in essence, I'm very small. However, I'm this flavor small. I'm this color small. This is my smallness. This is who I am. I have an identity. It might be small. It might be relatively insignificant. But nevertheless, this is my identity. In a few Mishnayas, we're actually going to spend a lot of time on this idea in a very beautiful way. But nevertheless, this is what the Mishnah is laying down to us. The Mishnah is saying you need to know who you are. You need to have a good sense of self. Okay.